Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 69th episode of If We Can Just Say. <laughs> I am your host, Jessica Carter Ogle, and with me, as always, is my husband giggling away over there. Not sure why. Steven, say hello to the people. Hey, everybody. Uh, yeah, no, just the look on your face when you said that said a little something. No. No. <laughs> just introing an episode is all. Just introing an episode. Just a just a you know, just a random number that we're yeah. running this week. Cool. Totes. Cool. Yeah. Hope everyone's doing well out there. Yeah. I'm on um I'm giving you all the energy I have. I'm on what apparently is three days of a migraine. Been a very long time since I've had that. I we're recording on Monday because yesterday I said I feel awful. I don't want to record. Oddly enough, I feel worse today. But here we are. The show must go on. <laughs> the show must go on for you folks. We got to get it out there. Sorry, he's looking at me. I was sipping my tea. Like, I was I was waiting to see if your slurping of your tea no, was going to be on the, on the microphone. No, I was quietly sipping my tea away from the mic, and then you just stared at me. So clearly this episode's going to go great. The yeah. dog's already whining at me. Yep, she's already whining. You didn't give her anything to start this thing with. I think there's so. something under the couch. So... Uh, fun times. <clears throat> anyway. But anyhow, um, yeah. so we uh, we got we got a another action packed podcast this week. Yeah, last gonna... week was very full. This week is is very full as well. Um, a couple of the topics that we have uh, been hitting on in the past have have been the WGA writer strike. Yes, we're going to be earmarking uh, entertainment bookmarking so to speak sorry wrong kind of marking yeah yeah a little bit um so what do you got for us on wga and sag oh my gosh so if you guys haven't been paying attention on thursday uh which would have been uh jess's birthday um they uh 8 8 a.m that morning um they had not reached a deal um and uh well they went on strike yeah and they have now joined the writer strike. Uh, the writers have been on strike since May first, and so the actors have been on strike since July thirteenth. And this is the first time since nineteen sixty that both have gone on strike at the same time. I saw the speech given by Fran Drescher, who is the president of SAG. Yep. Uh, you know as to why they're striking and their support for the writers and yep and all of that. I mean, basically, it's. The CEOs and the big corporations trying to slip all this stuff in about AI and... And streaming. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing. Like, when streaming happened, there was no... Normally, in episodes in syndication, TNT runs an episode of it. Somebody gets a cut of it. But now, they never figured out what to do with streaming. And the CEOs, meanwhile, are still getting $25 million bonuses, and everyone who did all the work to give them the bonuses is getting nothing. Yeah, like uh, we, we watched an interview this week with uh, Sean Gunn. Sean Gunn is James Gunn's brother. Yeah. Uh, if you watch The Guardians, he's uh, Craglin. He's uh, Yondu's uh, right hand and he's, then takes over for he's him He also later. has a recurring <clears throat> role through all of Gilmore Girls. Yeah. He's an actor of, of an his self and like yep. a lot of the comments are people like oh he's james gunn's brother what is he like he was doing his own stuff before 
Yeah, he's in. He's been an actor outside of James Gunn being his brother. Uh, from what I understand, I didn't watch Gilmore Girls, but from what I understand, he's in a, a large chunk of that yeah, show. Yeah, he's like a tier two character. He's not like one of the main like Gilmore Girls, but it's fo- focused in their town, and he's a very prevalent townsperson. Yeah, and so in his case, uh, he talked about how um, that Netflix, you know, streams it, and Netflix... It's still one of their highest streamed shows every year. Yeah, I'm sure it is. And the residual that any of those guys get and gals is almost nothing. Yeah. They, get, they see almost nothing from it. And if it if it stream not streams, but if they air it on TNT, for example, or CW or USA, they get a residual check off of that. Yeah. But anybody streaming it on Netflix for the millions of people that are doing that. They don't get anything. I read an article about Orange is the New Black and their cast was talking about that was like the biggest show to hit streaming. It was Netflix's biggest show. Yep. And actors on there, not necessarily the top level main tier, but maybe like second tier, quote unquote, were talking about how they saw so little money from that show, even being on it, that they still had full time jobs. Yes. Because they couldn't afford, like, they had to do that. One of them said um, he was asked to be back on the next season, and he did it even though he had, it cost him money to get himself there. Like, he lost money to be on that show for the exposure. Yeah. When Netflix made millions of dollars off that show is like the biggest streaming thing, one of the first things that ever happened. Yeah. But the people on the show, Saw like nothing for it. And so like I couldn't imagine being on a show knowing it's a huge hit for Netflix, a huge hit period. And I still have to work my full time job when I'm a prevalent character on the show that's recognizable. People know who I am. I have a storyline, but I still have to work another job. I, so people can be greedy. I, I did see a comment, and I, I didn't save this comment. I should have. Uh, but I seen a comment from one of the writers for that show, and the residual check every year is $386. Yeah. That's all the writer gets for that show, for writing on that show for four seasons. Yep. They get $386 a year for it. And it's like Meanwhile, the CEO gave himself a, a $26 million bonus. And if that show was like on ABC and in syndication on like TBS, they'd be getting far more money. Not as much, not a ton of money, but they'd still be getting more. They'd be getting more. Yes. yes. Yeah. And that's, and the thing is, is that like, so the writers went on strike May 1st, the actors just joined them on the 13th. And the thing is, is that like this, this strike that they are doing, it's not just for themselves. It's also for the grips the producers, yeah. uh, you know, the, the, the people, the cameramen, th- those kind of people as well, because they don't get paid any of this sort of residual. They don't get paid for any of this stuff that goes to streaming versus going to TV. And that's one of the big arguing points with the with the Actors Guild specifically is is not getting paid for their work, even after it goes to streaming and or it's an only a streaming show. Um, they're not, they're not getting paid for their work after the fact. And, and I don't, I don't blame them. I, I, cause if you look at, you know, <laughs> if you look at cheers, Danny DeVito gets a residual check every year for cheers. 
He was on Cheers. He wasn't on every episode, but it streams. It, it doesn't stream, but it airs on TV on any number of networks every That's single day point. of the I'm year. I'm sure he gets more than $362 a year. Yeah, and he gets some money for that. But at the same time, you look at a show like, say, I don't know, take a show that's only on HBO, and then they decide they want to uh, turn it into something that could air on TNT, like, for example, Titans. Yeah. They they pulled out some of the profanities and stuff so that they could air it on TNT. I don't know if those people got paid for it being on HBO, but they might get paid for it being on TNT more. I don't know. Just based on the fact that there's no thing in their contract for streaming. I mean, this is basically like a David and Goliath Yes. story is what this is and then you were showing me that article by bob Iger. yes i don't uh, know if you're going to quote anything from that D- disney ceo who basically yep. you know is saying that the writers are being unreasonable and then going as far as to tell them that they are putting everyone else's jobs in jeopardy everybody else on the on the movies and the tv in jeopardy as though it's the writer's fault as opposed to the fact that they have a valid reason for striking, it's because of people like Bob Iger, yet he is gaslighting the writers and making it seem like it's their fault. Their fault everyone's going up. But in fact, it's finally, it's them who finally stood up and said we had enough. You know, it's crazy because Bob Iger is responsible for Disney purchasing Pixar, purchasing Marvel, purchasing Fox. He's responsible for those for those big purchases and I'm sure with got Disney. He got big bonuses for him. He got huge bonuses. He brought in a ton of money, and then he stepped down right before the pandemic because he was only there because the original person, um, or sorry, he was he had been there for 15 years and he was going to retire, and he named his successor and and then passed it off to him. His successor got voted out because he did so bad within like a year and a half, and they asked Bob Iger to come back. Yeah. So Bob Iger, from a from a standpoint of business for, for Disney purposes, yes, he makes a ton of money. Like, that's what he is known for. That's why they brought him back was to make a ton more money. The problem is, is that, as she just said, he's gaslighting a little bit in the fact that he's blaming now the writers for taking their strike. It's so weird because uh, he, he literally says it's, uh, quote, it's very disturbing to me. We've talked about disruptive forces on this business and all the challenges we are facing from recovery from COVID, which is ongoing and not completely back. This is the worst time in the world to add to that disruption. Well, if it's the worst time to add to that disruption, then why don't you why don't you reach across the aisle and help your fellow workers that actually gave you your bonus? If you're not still recovered from COVID, how are you guys getting millions of dollars of bonuses and making millions of dollars and they're making nothing? Like look in the mirror. You're the disruption. You're finally just getting called out for it. Yep. And his bonus, uh, his original, when he came back, he was supposed to come back and be there. um, Let's see. He was supposed to remain there through 26. Um, or now that's what he's staying. They've asked him to stay through 26. He was originally going to like step down after next year, after 24, but he's going to stay another two years. Well, so he can make at least 50 more million in bonuses. And and that's the thing. Like His, his original sign-on comeback package was worth $15 million. And they say... That this year he has the potential to earn twenty seven million. So he's gonna get himself a raise. Yeah. 
but it, it's not feasible to get anybody else anything. Yeah, it's it's so it's so crazy. So um, I got a handful of other quotes I wanted to read. Uh, one from Christopher Nolan. So it's very interesting because Christopher Nolan is putting out the movie um, called Oppenheimer that's coming out that's about uh, the man that uh, created the hydrogen bomb during World War II. And this movie, I, I've said before, I'm not going to make Jess go to the movie theater with me because it's like a three-hour and 12-minute movie. Like, it's going to be a long movie. Uh, I, I read a sidebar. I read a thing that theaters are having to uh, make uh, adjustments to their projectors because the, the actual film role is too big for regular projectors. That's how big this movie is. Wow. Hilarious to me. But anyways, he said uh, about the actor strike, he said, it's a very key moment in the relationship between working people in Hollywood. This is not about me. This is not about the stars of my film. This is about jobbing actors. This is about staff writers on television shows trying to raise a family, trying to keep food on the table. And he said that he will not be putting any movie into any sort of pre-production that he's going to do next until the strike is over on both sides. Yeah. Um, and and I thought that was I, I thought that was pretty stand up of him. Also, he said in an interview because they're they're over in I want to say they were in London for uh, for the red carpet for Oppenheimer because it's it releases over in Europe before it does here. Yeah. Um, and the actors came out on the red carpet. And they were there for the red carpet, but then they were not there for the premiere because they went on strike. Yeah, immediately when the strike happened, they left the red carpet and yeah. were on strike. Yeah, so, um, and and he made mention to that. He's like, you you know, after the premiere was over or whatever, they were at, asking him how you feel about your actors not being here. And he's like, well, you might have noticed they were here for the red carpet, but then they left to, to, because yeah. of their cause. And he's like, and I back up their cause 100%. Yeah. Like, w- they're doing what they need to do. Um, Ice T has been on SVU, Law & Order SVU. He's been on there for what? Probably almost as long as Mariska. Yeah, long, long time. This is the quote he he had. Uh, this strike will affect the entire industry. It means zero production. Forget the actors like myself who have jobs. This will affect writers, cameras, departments, stunts, hair, makeup, truck, drivers, electricians, catering, lighting department, background, and many more. And what about the tens of thousands of actors and people, all caps, looking for work in the industry? It's all shut down. It's going to get interesting. And then he says, hashtag AI and streaming. Now, the reason for the AI thing that I find intriguing is because now they're talking about the next the future Mission Impossible movies with Tom Cruise of de-aging him because of this AI. Why would they de-age him? To, make to do him, like prequels? No, to make him still look younger as he's making these movies, to make him look like a young Tom Cruise as he's making these movies. I'm not so watching that, that crap. So that he can continue making them. That's the part of the AI that is the problem with the actors because... So then you can just earmark one actor forever to do something and that's it. Yep. Where are we going to de-age Indiana Jones so he can make three more movies? Yep. yep. That's such crap. Yep, it's crazy. Um, that feeds into like the obsession with beauty and all that crap in this country, too, and people being like perfect and, like, oh, my God. What yep. a nightmare. I have one final quote uh, that I wanted to uh, quote from, and this is from... Uh, Man, I'm going to butcher his name. I apologize. This You might have seen this guy play uh, Miguel in uh, Cobra Kai. 
Um, he's going to be in the upcoming movie, uh, Blue Beetle. He is the star of Blue Beetle. I believe his name is Zolo uh, Maraduna. I, I, it's Spanish. I can't pronounce that last name. I apologize in advance. I probably butchered it. Here's his quote. I won't be able to promote the movie throughout the duration of the press junket. We had so much great stuff aligned, and I really wish we could get to you guys, but we need to stand on the right side of history. And because of that, we are planting our feet on the ground or in the ground. I I think that's very, you know, I I think it's very telling that they're going to have a movie that's coming out. Yeah. It's coming out in August. They're not doing a press junket at all. What about the quote by the unidentified executive? Do we talk <laughs> about this? No, we didn't talk about anonymously that. Anonymously said, we're going to at least push the strike till October so that all the writers and stuff start losing their houses and their apartments and stuff, and then they'll crawl back to us, basically. Yeah, and, and I saw... But I think that reason alone, I would, I, would, I would lose my house if I had to. Like, the, because the thing is, is that on the other side of this... When the strike is over, the amount of if they get what they are requesting, it's gonna it's gonna more than make up for this strike. Yeah, because they're gonna start to get residuals and yeah. things like that for their streaming, and they're gonna start to well, get. Well, they've paid. already lost so much more money than they were asking for. Yeah, and, so it's like I mean, and you may mention of the writer for Orange Is the New Black, um, when that quote, that anonymous quote, came out several of the writers were like, wait a minute, so they thought we weren't broke already? Right. They thought I wasn't working three jobs already? Like, and the, the those And the, they were like, you know, we are people in this industry. It took us a while to get here. We waited tables. We took odd jobs. We did all kinds of things. We can do it again. Now, for those of you listening, it, you may have, you may have the question of what is the point of residuals? Why, why are the re- residuals to begin with? The point of the residuals is is that when a writer goes to write for a show, we just watched a show called Class of 09. It's eight episodes. It's a limited series. There will be no more episodes, no more seasons, eight episodes and done. Writers for a writer room, they get brought in. They, they create the show. They write the show. They send everything off. It goes through production. They work with production throughout the process, and then it's done. When it's done, they have no job. The point of residuals is so that they get paid in residual while they're trying to line up other work or look for another job. Well, also because the studios and the executives are still making money off of their work anytime it's streamed, anytime it's watched. Yes. So one would think it would stand to reason that the creator of that work should get paid because without them, there is nothing. Yes. That's what those greedy expletives don't understand yeah and and because when i say that the writers and actors are looking for residuals the executives are getting the residuals and and then some tenfold yes that is the problem the residuals are going somewhere i mean that's the problem in our country period greed yes greed and and that's the thing that's it what politics CEOs of companies like Amazon, entertainment industry, everything, all of it. It's all greed. It's the rich getting richer and everybody else, F them. Yep. And that is what Sean Gunn, in the interview that we watched, that's what he ended his comments with was, is that um, the rich keep getting richer in this case. And it's at the expense of the person on the lowest tier, whether it be an actor or a grip, and he's like, and it it's just 
it's deplorable. Yeah. You know, it, it, there's there's no need for it. Like, there's no need for the people at the high top to be getting a $15 million raise when literally a million dollars of that could be split up amongst the entire production crew and it would help them out. Yeah. Just a million. Like, literally, it's insane to me that the people that are on top that that are getting all those residuals because there's nothing in contracts for them to get it on streaming. So all these residuals, where do they go? They just go to the executives. Yeah. And it's insane to me that they they don't just go, well, I mean, they got, they got a point. Like, they did the work. I didn't. Yeah. Without them, I would have nothing. Exactly. And nobody thinks like that. Yeah, it's it's almost like if you want to look at uh, if you want to look at the production process, um, the the CEO and the executives, they would be, you know, the front facing part of the product. They would they would be the 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 skin. Whereas the writers end up being the lungs, the heart, the liver, the actors end up being the bones the production crew end up being the muscles and the the tendons and that sort of stuff. All the executives are skin on the outside of the product. That's all they are. And I if, feel like they're more like a pinky toe. And if there's nothing inside, well they're nothing. Yeah. And they they can't function without all that production crew that they're not paying properly. And I I I I hope they strike for a while. So yeah. what does that mean for all of us uh you know, all of you listening and, and Jess and I, what that means is, is that now every single show that was in production halted to a screeching halt. Skip DJ vinyl skip on on Thursday morning at 8 a.m. There is nothing. If you watch Chicago Fire, I guarantee you there will not be new episodes in October. It just will not happen. They'll be coming in December or January. Depending. It, it, depending if if they're not still striking even later so there will you will see shows that are done that are sitting in the can and i wouldn't be shocked if some of these companies bring back shows that they originally had no idea to bring out because they don't have anything in production well more things may be canceled as well that happens shows get yeah. canceled i still never got a satisfying ending for girlfriends canceled during the writer's strike Still not over it. Well, there you go. So, you know, that kind of stuff happens, too, between shows getting canceled for COVID, Stumptown, rude, amongst others. Yeah. But, like, that that happens. Um, During the last writer's strike, there was Dirty Money. There was uh, Chuck and Journeyman. Um, I can't think of what else. Um, They all had really short 10-episode, 12-episode seasons or something like that. And they literally threw them out there because they had no other products to come yeah. out so they were literally trying to fill the gaps because the writer strike happened in may so they're trying to fill in for sweeps i mean right now and too, most of those shows got canceled it's the summer so most of the shows most of like network television shows are on hiatus anyway with streaming that changes that a little bit i don't pay as much attention to that because shows are still coming out shows are still premiering shows are still new but for that network television like yeah. That that stuff isn't on now anyway. So it will be interesting to see come the fall what it looks like. Also, this affects commercials. Yeah. You're not going to get a new progressive commercial. And that's a real shame. Because well, Flow I, is on strike. I get progressive commercials all the time because I live with you. And so yep. the Dr. Rick progressive commercials happen often in our home. Dr. Rick will be on. Uh, he'll be on strike. Yeah. yeah. 
but I'm so, still going to feel his presence at home. Uh, for you wrestling fans out there, it will not affect WWE. They do not use writers from the uh, WJA uh, Writers Guild. They do not do not use those. Um, uh, the wrestlers are uh, independent contractors, so they're not part of the Actors Guild either. So WWE well, no, will... No, because they're athletes. As, I mean. Yeah. Um, so, so WWE will not be affected by it. AEW, however, unsure... It's very strange because, no, like, it's been one of those mums the word since the writers went on strike. Nobody knows what Tony Khan uses for writers over there. They don't know if it's if they're using, like, Jericho and Omega and, and Moxley, if, like, those guys are, do, like, doing all the oh, writing themselves. Due to the and poor storylines, I just, just like, I thought he used just drunkards back there writing stuff down. I, I figured it was him. <laughs> I figured it was just oh, him. Well, we know how I feel about him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they haven't seemed to be affected either. Um, I know that Impact doesn't use any writers either. They use they have former wrestlers that are all their writers and stuff. So it's not part of the writer actors guild or writers guild or anything like that. So, um, so if you watch wrestling, that won't be affected. Sports obviously not going to be affected. Um, I do, however, am unsure about uh, you know broadcasters and stuff like that i don't know where they fall they don't that's not um, the same thing some of them could be part of the actors guild because they might do other things like commercials and things like that so i don't know how generally that generally just affects. for like their station so yeah generally but anyhow so that's the long short of it that uh we're in the for, long long of it yeah we're in for uh we're in for a long hot summer on uh on writer strike and, and we've actor got strike. all the information for you Yep. Every week, I'm sure there'll be something. Perhaps not as uh, long as this segment, but... <laughs> yeah, there'll be some more stuff. Um, but yeah, so this past weekend, we celebrated our birthdays. We sure did. We sure did. We took a long weekend, extra long. We had Thursday and Friday off, so Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Thursday was my birthday. I wanted to kick it off by going to the Detroit City Football Club oh. to see a football game soccer to you Americans and I've never gone before I've always wanted to go and it's in Hamtramck um, which is like a small city in Detroit small suburb of Detroit Um, and so I thought it was indoors there was a picture on the website and it was indoors and I'm thinking perhaps that was just like a sports dome event where they had like kids come for like an event and they used a sports dome because now that I think about it, I have read something that said they will have things at the sports dome. So I thought it was an indoor event. So it was raining (sighs) and we walked up to the gate. We had to park in like this shopping center parking lot because it's right in the city there's not a lot of parking and we walked there and it was raining a lot and I was like oh it is outdoors yeah 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 this is uh so we didn't go we uh we, we were sitting there in the parking lot and it's you know it was raining before we left and I was like you know it's raining are you sure this thing's not outdoors uh, no, it's indoors. It's indoors. Okay, cool. I mean, I Google mapped it and I looked real quick and I was like, uh, this thing looks like it's outside. No, we it's indoors. It's indoors. It's indoors. All right, cool. So, uh, we got to the parking lot and it's raining much harder, uh, pretty steady and, uh, no rain jackets. Um, we had two umbrellas, but then I was informed in the car that my umbrella was too big to take into the place. 
I just read that in the car. Yep. So I uh, offered to share mine. So she wanted to share her small umbrella for my six one frame next to her five seven five eight to get uh, I'm five six. I had to. Yeah. Sorry. I, I apologize. You're even shorter than what I said. So more to my point. Um. <clears throat> so we get up there and uh, yeah, there's no covering. There's nowhere to stand where you could like they had uh, convenient. Uh, what do you call those? Uh, concessions. Concessions, but they didn't even have tents over their window. So, like, I was like, what is this nonsense? Like, no, the people in concessions were covered, but there was no they covering were. for spectators. There was no covering. If I wanted to walk up and get a hot dog, as soon as they hand it to me, it's going to get wet unless I got like, covering. Like, we ugh. didn't, I didn't think to bring a poncho, which would have been helpful. Um, and I was like, well, I'm not sitting on the bleachers. So, yeah, we yeah, it was something. Up not going. No, we 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 went in. I'm bummed. I I'm going still. I want to go to a game. Now we know where to park. We got all those silly logistics out of the way. I also looked at her and I was like, I'm not gonna go sit on a wet bench. There's no covering at all for this bench. It's been wet. I don't have anything to clean it off with, and I'm not about to sit on a wet bench. I was like, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Anyway, I still haven't gone to a game, but I'd like to. I mean, we've gone to a game. No, we have not. Oh, uh, also the timer when we showed up said 24 minutes until kickoff or whatever they call it. And I was like, yeah, by the time that starts, I'm going to be completely drenched. Yeah. So we did go to a bar instead. We went to Bumbo's. If anyone's been to Bumbo's in Hamtramck, it's a great little hole in the wall bar. Uh, We went there and that was nice. Yeah. It was just an adventure. Yeah. Bumbo's was nice. Um, man, uh, Hamtramck, the city of one-way streets. Yeah. God awful. Very congested streets, too. They're tight. Tight houses and... No offense to any listeners that might be in Hamtramck, but I hate that city. I hate it. You were there once in the rain. You didn't know where you were going. I've been to Hamtramck many times. I hate it every time I go. The only time I liked it last time is because I was seeing Zayo. Oh, goodness. You did have a fun little meet in the bar. Uh, Yeah, saw somebody. um, I was wearing uh, uh, Adam Hangman Page uh, t-shirt from AEW. And uh, I saw somebody wearing an AEW hoodie. And I was like, hey, I like your hoodie. And then I showed him my shirt. She's like, oh, that's really cool. I like Hangman. I was like, cool. And then we sat there for, you know, a few minutes, 10 or 15 minutes drinking our beers or whatever. And, and, uh, uh, she had got up and left, and her dad was sitting right next to me, and uh, he tapped me on the shoulder. He's like, hey, he's like, so uh, my my daughter will kill me if I tell you this, but uh, she is head of uh, travel and logistics for AEW. How funny, right? I was like, what? And this was a Wednesday, mind you, when AEW airs, and I got him to go out of the house to an event I wanted to go to on a Wednesday, and I didn't have to watch AEW, and I'm like... You can take the man away from AEW, but you just can't take the AEW away from the man because no matter what, <laughs> it's still there. Yeah, but uh, that was that was pretty cool. And but that was fun. I mean, we yeah. did, we had a couple drinks. We came home, had a couple drinks, just hung out, listened to some vinyl. Yeah. So it was nice. Yeah, it was a good time. And then the next day was my birthday. Yep. 41, yes. I believe, is the accurate age for me at this time. You are a prime number. Yes. Oh, yes. Nerd alert. Prime number. <laughs> I just wanted a super chill, relaxing day, and I felt like Steven was on edge the whole day. 
I felt like at any moment's notice that another shoe was going to drop because the sentence that just came out of her mouth is not her the other 364 days out of the year. I'm easy breezy, y'all. No. Yeah. Furthest thing from it. And I I just felt like all day, I was like, so is there something you're wanting to do? He kept asking me like in the morning, we're just spending time together. I'm drinking my coffee. He's like well, what are we doing? What's the plan? I'm like, this is what we're doing. Like, I don't understand. We're spending time together. We're relaxing in the morning, playing with our pup, having coffee. I thought this was nice. Yep. Yep. I wanted to get ramen. So we went to this Japanese restaurant by Ooh. us and we got sushi and ramen and that yeah. was good. And yeah. then we drove to downtown Plymouth and walked around and we went to the Dairy King. Shout out to the Dairy King because... yeah. I love sprinkles. If you know me, you know I love sprinkles. Like a dream would be to dive into a vat of sprinkles and eat my way out. <laughs> I love I love more sprinkles than ice cream. <laughs> so we order. He gets his shake. And I was like, I want a small vanilla cone with like a lot of sprinkles. And she was like, okay. So she brings me the cone with a lot of sprinkles. And then she brings me a small little styrofoam cup, almost filled probably like a third of the way with sprinkles. And she's like, here's some extra for you. This is the most exciting thing ever. This is what I've always wanted in my whole life because you can you can lick off the top and then you can just dip it right back in and you've got more sprinkles. It was probably one of the most exciting things that happened to me in a while. <laughs> and and the thing was is we didn't tell that lady it was your birthday. No, that's just the universe. Yeah. Thank you, universe. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, so that was cool. And then Steven got me my almond cake from Luca's. Yeah, uh, so good. We'll tag them. That's a cake he got me last year that I loved. Yep. I had to put some of it in the freezer because I just kept eating it. And I was like, this has got to stop. Stop the madness. The amount of food we consumed over our birthday weekend, Whew. no good. So I, <laughs> I put it in there. and But my parents came over and we sat outside for a bit and just hung out for a little bit. Just very low key. Just saying, had cake and talked for a bit. And that was it. Yep. It was a good night, but I think even at like eight o'clock, he was still looking at me like, what are we doing? I, you changed. You took your bra off. So I don't think we're going anywhere. I don't know. What should I do? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I was like, eh, I'm not sure what's happening, but I got to be on my toes and I got to be dressed and ready to go. Cause if something oh happens, goodness. I didn't know she didn't give me any forewarning about what she wanted to do. So it was all just like, I'm going in blind. Woohoo! I thought it was a nice birthday. Yeah. And your birthday was Saturday, but you wanted to do nothing. So we ended up going out to eat Friday for your birthday. So you didn't have to leave on Saturday. Correct. Yeah. Correct. I I, uh, I, I told you this. I'll tell our listeners. Uh, my birthday being July 15th um, is, you know, it's the middle of the year. But for me, I feel like it's the middle of summer, even though it's not technically due to a calendar, equinox, all that kind of garbage. They don't think of it as the middle of summer, but I do because I know that around here in Michigan, after like the third week of August, it's no longer going to be really hot and it starts to drop off. And then the temperature by, you know, late September is super fall and cold and chilly and we're back into winter. And so I feel like after my birthday, it's super downhill rolling very fast. So I like to do almost nothing in regards to go anywhere on my birthday we need to work on your just like being present in the moment and living in the now i like to live opposed in, to predicting i like to live in the now on my birthday and i like to get up a little bit earlier so that the day lasts longer plus i stay up late 
uh, anyways. Um, so well, I like to get as many hours on my birthday as possible. Well, on Friday, due to him getting as many hours on Saturday, we, we've been wanting to go to Union Rec. So we like the Union restaurants yep. in Clarkston. Honchos, you've heard us talk about. Um, Oh, my brain wood is, shop, yeah, wood shop union, union. yeah, uh, the union general store. There's a Vanzetta um, garage or mm-hmm. Vanzetta grill, Vanzetta garage, garage that's over on yeah. Woodward, yeah, and there's the one that's downtown, Union Assembly, yep. and then they o- open Union Rock in Ann Arbor, and we've yep. been wanting to go there, and we went there on Friday. I really love the look of it. It's got like a cool vibe, yeah, and it was super good. I will say though. I think whenever we go to Honcho's, we get a bunch of tacos. And I would say that Honcho's tacos are smaller and a little bit less expensive yep. than Union Rock. Like, we ordered all of the Union Rock tacos to try. Now, mind you, that was nine. So that was a lot. Ooh. That was our one meal for the day. I, and I, we split them. I thought they were going to be Honcho-sized tacos. I didn't know that they were going to be, like, another yeah. bite bigger. They were huge. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So... And then our bill came and I was like, oh, my gosh. And I was like, I feel like honchos are a little bit smaller and a little bit less expensive. But I will say, although our bill was higher, we got what we paid. I mean, we got what we paid for. You could have gotten like we got the breakfast taco and it was freaking huge. I was like, this would be a whole me- this is a whole meal and the our yeah. waitress even said she was like i felt like the tacos were a little big today because i normally get a breakfast one and i got mine today and was like oh this feels bigger and yeah I was like, oh great yeah and and uh whew. man they were good they were really good but i did that was what that was our lunch yeah i think we ate at like noon and that was it and i didn't eat again outside of like eating like some like Peppo mints or a couple of Oreos. I think for I had the a string cheese day. at like eight o'clock. I didn't have nothing else for the rest of the day. I was just stuffed full, man. Yeah, like wow. And it we was sp- good though. We split the tacos. Half, it was worth know, it. We go halves on the tacos. So we each had four and a half tacos, which doesn't sound like a lot if you're going to Taco Bell, but is a lot if you're there. Yeah, I mean Taco Bell four tacos. That was my that was my normal. Yeah, but highly like, recommend. And so we did that we stopped at a couple other places and then we came home and settled in for an early sleep so we could set the alarm to get up on saturday and really yeah i mean if she says early sleep for me was two o'clock in the morning for me it was more probably 10 ish (laughs) yeah an appropriate sleep time yeah i stayed up late um but but yeah saturday we just hung out we just hung out played with the pup a little bit and i granted we had an air quality alert and then we had rain it rained all day all day so that sucked uh so there's no going outside so um we just watched some things here and there some stuff uh we binge watched the final season of jack ryan which we'll talk about that on another podcast um started watching we mentioned uh class of 09 we watched yeah. watched that over the weekend i did make um, you your he likes yellow cake oh yeah he likes yellow cake and chocolate frosting which to me sounds like the worst cake combination ever and is probably my least favorite cake but that's what he likes because it reminds him of his childhood yeah. and i had been making recently 
um, cool whip and berries, just like some whipped topping and berries. And I will put that like on a white cake or on like a different cake as like a frosting, just something light or just have it. And he's like, what if you did that with chocolate? So I made him like chocolate whipped topping with strawberries and blueberries in it. And I made yellow cupcakes yep. and I only made half, like I froze half the batter and I only, so I only made 12 cupcakes and, um, set that up for him, oh, dusted so it with great. some cocoa powder I'll be having one of those tonight yeah. after after we're done podcasting for sure. Yeah, it's great stuff. Yeah, so yeah, it's, it, it's, we just had very low key birthdays. <laughs> I think it was really nice. Like it was both what we wanted and comparative to last year, where literally we had everybody here for your fortieth, yeah. and it was on the sixteenth, so it was after both of our birthdays, and yeah. it was like you know we had. 25 30 people here like which was awesome it, yeah but which was great i i wouldn't change anything about nice it too. But, but yeah having having a low-key low-key birthdays was was a cool deal and then we topped it off sunday by seeing some friends we haven't seen in a long yes. time and getting some brunch brunch with the radfords yeah we went to the french toast bistro in canton there's two locations very good food i love that place i had a crawfish omelet oh my god it was so good yeah it was pretty and good. they have white cheddar grits that are like i didn't even know if i liked grits but i like those grits yeah but it was so nice to see them we saw jules and lawrence and their two kids Cree and koi and yeah it was just nice like we got to the point where jules and you know it's rush brunch time it's rush and Jules is like, I think we, I think they probably want this table because we had like cashed out probably like twenty five minutes. There was a line of people, and we're like, yeah. But we hadn't seen them. Like we picked up Girl Scout cookies from them a few months ago, and then we haven't seen them since my birthday party. He was just talking about, and yeah. So it's been over a year. It's crazy, but it is nice because in the last couple of weeks, I've I've caught up with Kim and Molly and Jules and Lawrence, and it's nice to. Yeah. It's nice to see people. Yeah, and I, I caught up with my buddy Todd not too long ago as well. So, like, this summer has been, like, a good time of catching up with yeah, friends. Yeah, I guess it has. You know? Like, we've got to see, we've gotten to see a lot of people. And um, we had, you know, I mean, unfortunately, it was for a memorial, but Kelly and Wes in in May. And so I feel like we did get to see a lot of people. Your mom's coming in. She'll be here in a couple of days. Yep coming in for her birthday you guys will hear all about that yeah that's that's gonna be cool I, I i love my mom but i haven't celebrated a birthday with her and man i can't remember the last yeah. time i was with her on her birthday so this would be really cool yep she has to come in for her birthday and we said i guess if we have to <laughs> yeah like all right cool which we're gonna you know we're gonna have a good time it'll be yeah, fun for sure yep so that's it we don't have too much to report on that you think the writer's strike Good thing we didn't have too much of an eventful birthday because how would we have balanced that with the writer's strike? Uh, we'd have put the birthdays first and the writer's strike last. Oh. There's a lot going on there, man. Like, I know. It, it's a good cause. Like, Oh, um, I agree 100%. Yeah. But let's move on to a different form of entertainment. The fan favorite, the one, the only, album anniversaries. <sighs> ah, yeah. Ah, hell. <laughs> All right, so uh, we got a few this week. Oof, boy. It, it, it seems like the summer months have a lot more albums uh, than the rest of the months. You got more tours, more concert tours, more stuff coming out, more stuff to promote in the summer. Yeah, so... Um, well, we better get into it then. So uh, all of these take place from the dates of July 18th all the way to July 24th. I was wondering. Thank you. <laughs> So, uh, first up is uh, an album by uh, Junior Brown 
Of course it is. Yeah, called Junior High. It was his uh, EP that he came out in 1995. Junior High, does this have Joe the singing janitor? Uh, Junior High has Highway Patrol and My Wife Thinks You're Dead. Oh, I would think, because Joe is a singing janitor of a school, I would have thought he would have been on that album. No, that came later. Okay. That came on the next Sorry. album that came uh, the next year, actually. Oh, excellent. Well, um, but yeah, so Junior High, the EP from uh, Junior Brown came out in 1995. I highly recommend if you've not listened to Highway Patrol or My Wife Thinks You're Dead, uh, you should give those a listen. They're great. Yeah. Uh, next up is one that uh, lands in your realm of uh listening Uh-oh. uh tfk thousand okay. foot crutch so i will the art say, of breaking so i will say i've always been a thousand foot crutch fan but i guess i wasn't that big of a fan because i've never called them tfk in my whole life <laughs> i didn't know that was a thing i had no idea what he was talking to me about um and i probably haven't listened to this album it came out in 2005 i probably haven't listened to it since 2010 and I put it on, and I was like, I know every single one of these th- songs still. Yeah. And I still love it. And, like, 23-year-old Jessica knew what was up. In my early to mid-20s, like, this kind of music was my stuff. Godsmack, Thousand, First, Thousand Foot Crutch. Or, I'm sorry, TFK. Edema. <laughs> if you guys know Edema, I loved Edema. Rob Zombie. Like, that was my stuff. Yeah. I loved this. Still, like, absolute. I love Art of Breaking. I'm like, I know all of these songs. Like, yeah. Slow Burn, Move. Everybody knows Move. Like, yeah. oh, my gosh. I loved this album. I remember when 89X had their competitions where you could uh, call in or get online and vote for the two, the battle songs that they would do. Yeah. And TFK won with Move. And then every day I heard TFK on 89X. I remember when 89X was cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. been a long time. It's been a while. I mean, I they miss. do country now, so I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. No, I don't know you, what it's like. I don't listen to like it. You're like that kind of person now, and everything, and that's fine. But there is nothing like alt rock. <laughs> that's rich. <laughs> there is nothing like this. This alt rock. There is Man. nothing. There is nothing like what 89X was when I was 23, wow. wearing a chain on my pocket and my jeans. Like, let me tell you, I had two chains. <laughs> I'm sure you did. <laughs> I had two. Uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, anyways. Uh, so next up is uh, um, 1997, No Way Out, Puff Daddy and the Family. Mm. You know, it's never a big puffer. This album came out after Biggie Smalls died and had the I'll Be Missing You song. Oh, Lord, that was everywhere. Now, here, think about this for a second. I saw an interview with Sting. And Sting said, "Oh yeah, Puff Daddy never asked for permission for permission to use the song, and so he took him to court, and he won. And what did he win? Puff Daddy pays him two thousand dollars a day for the rest of his life. That's insane to me. That song came out in nineteen ninety seven. I didn't do the math to figure out what today is, but I'm sure somebody could probably do it really quick. Probably somebody like Ricky does it in his head. But that is insane. We're talking 26 years. Every single day, Puff Daddy has had to pay Sting $2,000. That's crazy. And it will continue until Puff Daddy dies. That's crazy. Yeah. That's insane. But, uh, yeah, I'll be missing you. Um, It had some cool tracks on it. Um Next up, 
uh, a band that uh, we've mentioned a couple times on the last few episodes because uh, they have a lot of summer albums. They generally do a summer tour. Evolver by 311 from 2003. Uh. You love your 311. Man, we're talking... You're like a fish head for 311. I love 311. 311 is so, so good live. Um, But Evolver, uh, we're talking Creatures for a While, um, Beyond the Gray Sky, one of the coolest songs uh, they've ever done. Um, and then if, if you like, uh, mellower stuff, which actually beyond the gray sky is a mellower song. Uh, the very last song on the, on the album, sometimes Jack's rule the realm really cool. And it's got a hidden track at the end where peanut, their bass player is doing a bass, just a bass solo song by himself. That's real, mm-hmm. uh, real mellow and stuff, man. Great album, uh, an album that comes right out the gate at you with creatures for a while and ends on such a s- nice, cool, mellow, like note. Really good album. Uh, next up, Mud on the Tires, 2003, Brad Paisley. Brad Paisley. I saw the tour for this. Yeah. Yeah. I believe this was an album that you wanted me to listen to that moved me into country. Yeah, it's one of them, yep. His, uh, his ability to pay homage to everybody that came before him as far as uh, doing country music and, and having an instrumental song on the album um which is a you know a throwback to 80s and 90s country um celebrity is on here um whiskey lullaby with allison krauss like just a it's a great album yeah fantastic album um next up uh 2003 actually on the same day as brad paisley and 311 uh eve six it's all in your head I don't think I know that one. Um, this is the one that has uh, Good Lives on it. Mm-hmm. Um, think think Twice. Um, think Twice was the big song off of this. Um, I like them because, uh, especially in the song Think Twice, he his lyrics on the verse, he will end a, end a sentence but start the next sentence with the same word. Mm. And I love it. It's clever as can be, man. The all the verses are that way. Like whatever the line ends with is the first first word on the next line, which is really cool. Um, Promise me forever that we will never get better at growing up and telling lies. Yeah, you like that line. Good lives are gold, man. I I love that line so much. Like, um, promise that forever we will never get better at growing up and learning to lie fantastic line i'll never forget that line it's probably one of my favorite favorite radio lyric lines i've ever heard i love it it's great um but yeah great band they they're they're clever with their lyrics um what else you got we got a couple more uh let's see uh yellow card is on their 20 year anniversary tour of ocean avenue Mm -hmm. and that album is uh came out uh on the 22nd Cool. So 20 years of Ocean Avenue, which I think was really cool for the genre to introduce fiddle uh, into punk music. Yeah. Um, I think it was, it, it kind of, we had that, we had that swell of ska music that had horns. And then when that died out, here came Yellow Card with, with fiddle and it changed stuff. Um, mm. Cause outside of like Dave Matthews band, there wasn't a lot of stuff on the radio that was, that was radio music that had uh violin or fiddle, which is pretty cool. Um, let's see, uh, somebody that we both like a lot, Kingfish released his second album. Nice. 662. 
um, which we, you know, we saw him on tour for this. I can't recommend this album enough. If you love blues, like turn on Kingfish. His, yeah. All his stuff's great. He's got a couple albums out. Um, and then the last one on the list is, uh, let's see, came out on July 24th of 2020, Folklore by Taylor Swift. Yep. That's my favorite Taylor album. And I wh- think Folklore and, and Evermore are her best albums. Why is Folklore your favorite? Um, I just think it's so raw and like real. I like the feel of it. I think it's very grown up for her. I think it's it's completely away from the pop music. It stands it stands apart. And I think when she did Folklore and Evermore, I was like, oh my gosh, I love this. Like, I wanted to go to the Eras tour, of course, because I thought it would be cool. But I also think it would be cool if she just did a tour of like those albums. Yeah. And then when Midnight came out, I was like, it's okay. It's good, but it's not like. I just feel like folklore, she sounds like she evolved there. Yeah. And Midnight's was like, okay. Mid- Midnight's was good. I mean, I've listened to it enough that if I put it on right now, I would still know a lot of the songs and stuff, even though I haven't yeah. listened to it in a couple months. But man, folklore. And, the and songwriting. Folklore, folklore is just, she wrote this album during the pandemic remotely in her bedroom, in yeah. her house. Well, and, I know we've talked about it. And sending music back and forth with with the the guys that were on the album with her from uh, yeah. from the National and from Bon Iver. Like, she communicated with them over the phone and over email and recorded stuff remotely and everything. Yeah. And they they did this collaboration thing together. And it's just it's it's unlike anything that I've heard that's made it into the mainstream pop or mainstream yeah. folk or like it's just it tore down a lot of walls on what you can do and be yeah and have something that's that can be listened to by all all listeners you yeah. know by everyone agreed, agreed. Um, but yeah I, I man last great american dynasty i'm still waiting for the movie I, I want it yeah i agree i think uh that was a good variety of music and like albums and different types of albums for your album anniversaries this yeah, I'm I'm trying to yeah. pull from different genres so we don't have a lot of overlay of the yeah. same genre a lot. So well, I'm trying I to wanna, do my best. I want to get a couple movies in. We've watched some random movies um, recently. Yeah. And one movie that we watched, and we were behind on seeing it, and I thought we were farther behind, but it came out in 21. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Ghostbusters Afterlife. Are we the only people that haven't watched it yet? I am very, like... I don't want to see another Top Gun. I don't want to see another Indiana Jones. And Top Gun Maverick was awesome. Like, mm. I laughed. I cried. Val Kilmer broke my heart. It was amazing. Yeah. And watching Afterlife, it knocked it out of the park. Like, the, he did so well. Jason Reitman, he paid such homage to his father, Ivan Reitman, for Ghostbusters. Yep. The homage that they paid to Harold Ramis, yep. who, you know, is the Ghostbuster, the only Ghostbuster that has passed away. Yeah. Like, it was just so well done. If you guys haven't seen it, it's the continuing story of, you know, Harold Ramis's daughter and her kids and how they stumble upon, you know, him having been a Ghostbuster and, like, all of this stuff. And, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. to make a long story short, but 
it's so good and paul rudd's in it and giving his paul ruddiest self and yeah um the thing about this movie that's interesting to me is that um the way so i watched i watched cobra kai and uh, the man who played Mr. Miyagi passed away long before that show started. Right. And with every episode, you can feel Mr. Miyagi. And I felt like with this movie, you could feel Harold, Harold Ramis. Ramis. Yeah, it was cool. You could feel him in the movie. Yeah. Like, you could feel him in the scenes. Like, they they did a good job. And Jason Reitman, the director and, and, and writer, um, he... Uh, he said for the longest time he was never going to touch his dad's stuff. He didn't want to be that guy that came along and tried to uh, make something off his dad's right. name. He didn't want to do that. But he woke up in the middle of the night and had a story and started writing. And I'll never forget seeing that first teaser where you just saw a old barn with a car parked in it. And you saw the tarp on the car flap up and it said Ecto-1. Yep. And I was like... Oh, well, that's kind of intriguing, but I never really wanted to see it. It didn't appeal to me. It centered around kids. You know, I'm not like big into kids movies and shows and stuff, but it was great. The cast was great. Oh, the cast was And phenomenal. it wasn't um, a lot of the stereotypes that they could have went into with sibling relationship and new kids in town and all this stuff they didn't do, which yeah. I really enjoyed. It was refreshing. Yep. Um, McKenna Grace plays Phoebe. Best part of the movie. Best part of the movie. She's fantastic. Oh, Finn Wolfhard plays her brother, who you I'm sure you all know from Stranger Things. Yep. It's just cast really well. Carrie Coon plays a great mom. Yep. That is like a no nonsense. Yes. Like I'm not I'm not playing around. Like yep. it, it, I'm not joking around. Like I I am your parent. I, I she did a great job of being that type yeah. of parent parental character, and I, I liked it course you mentioned paul rudd paul rudd's a genius um, paul rudd is the portrait of dorian gray like that man does not age logan kim was fantastic as podcast, podcast yeah. i i was like man this kid this kid's going somewhere yeah, this, i good. can't wait to see him do other stuff because he did he he reminded me of data from goonies yeah he had that kind of vibe to him yeah which was very cool um and and you know i, I mean this movie came out two years ago so a little bit of a spoiler but we get peter Ray, Winston. Mm-hmm. We get them. Janine. And, and it makes sense. Yeah. We get Janine and it makes like, yeah. it makes sense. They did it right. It's not like they're just thrown in there. It no. Ma- this story makes sense. Like this story pays homage to the original two movies and it makes sense as a next thing that could happen. Yes. So yeah. that was really cool. We watched a few other rando movies recently too. Um, one is the 1994 <laughs> hit Ace Ventura Pet Detective, a movie that my husband knows by heart. I learned when we were watching it and he kept saying all of the lines out loud. I talk about how much I love The Big Lebowski. Before I watched The Big Lebowski, in because uh, it came out in 1998, but I didn't watch it until 2001. Um, this movie, as she said, what did you say? It came out in 94? Yeah, 94. Uh, yeah. I watched this movie probably 200 times before I saw The Big Lebowski, and I... It, you retained the, it. It is the greatest Jim Carrey movie of all time. Yeah. I do not care what anybody says. Even Siskel and Ebert apologized to him 
yeah. on their show. Because they like ripped it. They ripped this movie to pieces. And then after he did Truman's show, they went back and they apologized for all the hate they've said on his career. Yep. That he's a once in a lifetime type of actor. Like it's crazy. And you can go look that up. Like he's talked about it and how it, it actually still like makes him emotional to think about it. That they apologized to him in their show. If that you, sort of thing. If you guys haven't seen this movie in a while, oh, I recommend. If you haven't seen it at all, then I'm not even sure if you're a human. <laughs> but if you haven't seen it in a while, we recommend it. Another random comedy that we watched, a buddy cop comedy <laughs> from 2004, yep. Starsky and Hutch, one of my absolute favorites. Oh my I gosh. I actually love the Starsky and Hutch television show. So, like, I would watch that. I would have it on DVD. I, like, watched it. I loved it. So when this movie was coming out, I was like, this is going to be so stupid. And I respect that they made it a satire. I respect yeah. that they made it a comedy and a spoof on on that, which yes. is what makes it so good. You've got Snoop Dogg as Huggy Bear. Like, give me a freaking break. Yeah. It is hilarious. It is so funny. I love it. I would highly recommend it. Um, I, I just... I, Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson, hilarious. Owen Wilson is, is still, in my opinion, I think he's underrated. I love Owen Wilson. He's funny. He is fantastic. His cadence, I love when he has to, like Ben Stiller's doing the do it, yes. do it. And then he doesn't know what to do, so he tries to mimic it, and he's like, do it. Messes it up do big what? time. Do it. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Highly recommend that movie. It's hilarious. Yep. It's a great little escape. Um, Another... I guess, well, I don't know. It's a comedy drama from 1988 starring Tom Cruise <laughs> called Cocktail. Oh, I don't know yeah. why, but I randomly wanted to watch Cocktail. So I think Stephen bought it for me on Apple because I don't like think it was bucks. streaming anywhere. Yeah. So you've got Brian Brown, Elizabeth Shue. Like, it is hilarious. Yep. Well, it's not supposed to be. A lot of the... St- God, in these 80s movies, y'all, a lot of the stuff that isn't supposed to be hilarious, they were so dramatic back then. And some of their, you look back at like the 1940s movies when they would like kiss each other and how dramatic that would be. Yep. And like the 80s, like some of their scenes and like dialogue and stuff is so dramatic that you're like, this is a bit much for this scene right now. Yep. And Cocktail was a lot like that. But oh my God, it was hilarious. I hadn't seen it in so long. No regrets. Um, real quick, I, this is putting you on the spot, and I apologize. Do you Uh-oh. remember what the movie w- that was playing when we went into uh, the bar after the soccer thing that was playing with... Uh, uh, Did we find out what it, it was, was? It was Paul Newman and... Uh, oh, it was um, a, a Streetcar Named Desire? Maybe. Was that it? I don't remember. Or was Dang it Cat on a Hot Tin Roof? Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, yeah. that's what it was. Um. I forgot that was on. I I wanted to mention in our uh, in our watching of movies because obviously we didn't like what we we didn't hear the audio. We're in the bar, but like it's the only thing playing on the TV. So I, I watched a bit of it. I found it intriguing that the entire movie is pretty much in the same house. Yeah, it never leaves the yeah. house, and that's uh, like because it's a it's a play. Yeah, and yeah. I love it. I yeah. I love the older I get, the more I like that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's fantastic because it showcases their what their ability was back then to put on yeah. a show. They put on a show. It's fantastic. But one yeah. one more movie I'm going to mention is a Disney animated movie, um, Disney and Pixar from 2017 called Coco. Yes, I 
this movie is is good. It's aimed at kids. I loved it, but it's also kind of heavy. Like I felt like some of the stuff on the other side, like I was angered at the way these people handled their relationships. And I was like, if this wasn't aimed at kids, this could have gone a very like different way, but it was good. It was a really good movie. It's a good animated movie. And I think it's, um, it's good for like, it's one of those that's really good for adults and kids. Cause I think they'll get different things from it, but they'll both be, um, entertained. It's about like an aspiring musician named Miguel and he's confronted by his family who has like a shoemaking business and they don't want him to be a musician. Yep. And he somehow enters the land of the dead, like on the day of the dead, as he's trying to find who he thinks his great, great grandfather is to like vouch for him to become a musician. So it's this whole like otherworldly thing, but it's really cool. Yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely steeped in culture. Yes. Um, and that's what I liked about it. Yeah. It immediately from the first frame, you know, you are in a Latin culture and they yeah. dive right in. Um, and, and as somebody who didn't grow up in that, some of the things that I watch, I'm like, wow, like, okay. Like yeah. family relationships are very different. Um, and, and I, I, I appreciated that. I thought, I thought it was a good eye opening yeah. thing for, for myself having not grown up in that, uh, but also at yeah. the same time, he wants to play guitar and being a guitar player. I, I immediately connect to that. Like that's on the poster of him playing the guitar. Um, and, and I thought that it had a fantastic story. Like it, it, it is kind of heavy, like you said. Yeah. Um, and Anthony Gonzalez does a great job, uh, with Miguel voicing that character yeah. and, and embodying that character. Benjamin Bratt, uh, does, uh, Esterno. Mm, okay. Yeah. And, and he's, he's great in it as well. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed that movie a lot. Just like a hodgepodge of movies for you. We've been trying to get out and we've been running out of time recently. So got that for you. Um, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, WordPress. Check out our, um, if we can just say it, 918 at gmail.com. Our website, like, listen, subscribe. I might have already said, but I have a migraine, so give me a break. Um, <laughs> tell your friends. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Looking forward to talking at you next week. Yep. I believe that's all we can say. Bye, y'all.